Hey guys, who's excited for some live Front Desk Goddess training? We are super excited to announce some upcoming events for 2022. We now have registration open for Billings, Montana on Friday, January 21st of 2022. And Orlando has just been added for February 25th. 2022. You can call me now to register at 800-592-7239, or you can click the link in our show notes. Just mention this podcast and it'll save you $100. Be sure you use the code FDGR as in Front Desk Goddess Retreat if you are registering online. Welcome to the Front Desk Goddess Diaries. My name is Amy and I'm a personal practice coach for the Brady Group and I've been in your shoes. I have the pleasure of working with dental practices across the globe. And you know what I've discovered? Everyone has the same challenges. I'm excited to share wisdom that I've gained from great dental practices just like yours. So today I'm interviewing Jay Odell. Jay is the co-owner of Open Range Marketing Solutions. He sponsored our wonderful lunch and learn at the annual roundtable extravaganza at the Broadmoor Hotel in Colorado Springs this summer. He shared a lot of ways that we can improve our online presence for free, and I've asked him to come on and share that information with our podcast audience. Check out our show notes to find out how to reach Jay from Open Range Solutions. So Jay, I know that you have been super successful in helping dentists grow their practices. Can you give us an overview of the services that Open Range Marketing uh, offers? Yeah, sure. Um, so we are a full service marketing firm, although we, we only and exclusively work with uh, dental offices. Um, and we do pretty much the full gamut of marketing services. So we do web design, uh, we do form building, uh, branding. Um, and then, of course, we also do uh, lead generation um, and SEO strategy work as well. Okay, great. So I understand that uh, Open Range has a platform, Dental Scout. Can you tell us a little bit about what Dental Scout provides? Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, Dental Scout was um, essentially a platform that we came up with because we, we saw a gap in the market. Um, when we looked, what we kept seeing over and over is, you know, the digital marketplace is becoming um, essential for uh, dentists to find new patients. So when you look out across the way things are marketed on the Internet, what you'll see is that uh, there are some groups, organizations, particularly in dental. Um, it's like DSOs, big corporate uh, dental. They're very effective at marketing in that sort of um, online platform. They, uh, they market for lots of practices. They uh, have large budgets, large teams. And so they're very effective at getting to the top of Google. Whereas, you know, essentially private practice, you know, they really struggle with that because they're small. It's usually a, an individual doctor, maybe two in a practice. Uh, they have a limited budget and they're trying to compete in that space. So what we did was we sort of laid out like, hey, is there a way that we could <laughs> essentially uh, create a platform that would allow private practice uh, working together in a group um, to basically get the same sort of effect? Um, in other words, pooling resources, uh, you know, essentially paying a subscription fee to market and advertise for their practices as a team rather than as an individual practice. It gives them a little bit more purchasing power in terms of you know, running advertising, and it also makes it more effective because they're not 
uh, trying to isolate as just one individual practice. Does that sort of make sense? Absolutely. No, I, I love it because you're exactly right. <laughs> it, it is difficult for uh, privately owned dental practices to accomplish the same thing. And so um, I can see there's a huge, huge gap there. So just talking, and I'd like to come back to that, Jay, but um, just talking about marketing in general for your typical uh, private practitioner, it's so overwhelming. And so for that dentist who is feeling overwhelmed, doesn't know where to start, what should be priority for somebody who's in that, that position when it comes to promoting their practice? Well, that's a really great question. And, and of course, I talk to a lot of dentists. Um, and it is a broad range of response of, of what you see uh, individual dentists doing in the marketplace. And uh, when you compare them, I will tell you, um, like just last week, I was talking to two docs on the same day. Um, and they were both spending uh, a reasonable amount of their revenue on marketing. One had a very, very uh, intensive, well thought out uh, strategy and plan, and they were tracking literally everything. Um, it was an integral part of their business. Um, I was shocked when I was talking to the, the doctor and I was like, so what's working and what's not? And he pulled up a spreadsheet <laughs> and he started going wow. down the list and he's like, well, I get this percentage of my leads from uh, internet sources. I get this percentage from internal marketing. I get this percentage from, you know, referral. Uh, and he was going down the, uh, down the list. And I was overwhelmed at how well thought out he was. And he had a good strategy for online. Um, but earlier in the day, I had talked to another uh, doctor who was also spending money. And when I asked him, he really uh, did not know. Um, he was doing a lot of the similar types of strategies. And I asked for his his plan behind that. And there really wasn't so much a plan. He had kind of uh, outsourced that, so to speak, and uh, was paying for a couple of different services and uh, wasn't sure what was working and what was not. And it was interesting because they were both spending very similar amounts of money. But what, what we saw when we looked at it is we could see the difference between having a plan and not having a plan um, that, that sort of fit what your overall strategy was. So if I was to top priority as a practitioner, it's sitting down and taking the time to think about what is the plan? What are we trying to accomplish? Um, rather than just sort of throwing money at an, at an issue, how do we best position ourselves to get the result we're looking for? Does that make sense? It does. It does. But do you find that most dentists are like the, the second one you described where they aren't really <laughs> sure? And uh, yeah, they're again, they're relying on somebody to guide them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, in fact, it's the most common. That's why I was so surprised when I yeah. ran into someone who had such a good strategy. Um, and that's what I told him. I'm like, wow, you're the exception to the rule. Yes. And uh, to me, what's really interesting, having talked to like literally hundreds of, of different dentists is uh, when you're talking about dentists, we're, we're talking about people who are very smart, very well educated. Um, they're experts at what they do. But when it comes to marketing, it's almost the opposite end of the spectrum uh, for them in terms of their skill sets and in terms of uh, things they have a lot of experience with. And so they tend to uh, be frustrated with not knowing uh, what steps are best, what things work best for them with their size of practice or their individual marketplace, you know, whether it's a medium-sized city, large city, you know, smaller community, um, all those things play into what you ultimately put together as a strategy. 
And so many of them just get frustrated with, I don't know what to do. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So they outsource it, right? And who they pick makes a huge difference in terms of the ultimate results. Um, you really need someone who is looking at your uh, dental practice, where it fits in the community, and helping you put together a strategy that actually works. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that is something that, um, Jay, that, that you guys are able to do, correct, as far as help them put together a strategy and, and guide them. It is. No, no, absolutely. Um, and of course, that's what ultimately uh, led us to to launching Dental Scout, because Dental Scout sort of takes a lot of those uh, components because small practices, individually owned private practices have a lot in common. And so if you execute a, a strategy, a strategy that's basically effective, um, from a localized level, it, it tends to have more of a pronounced impact. In other words, the plan's built into the platform. Okay. And there's a, a whole strategy that's happening in the background to help those particular individual practices find the patients that they're looking for. Okay. All right. Great. So how much, you mentioned these guys were spending about the same amount of money, probably going to have different results because one had a plan and one didn't. I mean, what is, um, is it a percentage? How would you determine what's best for a um, you know, small privately owned practice to invest uh, on a monthly basis, let's say, for, for marketing? So uh, let me answer that two different ways. Okay. <laughs> so there's a general rule of thumb uh, across dentistry, and probably a lot of your uh, dentists and clients um, will have heard this number, which is, in general, you should invest 2 to 3% of revenue. Right. Uh, into marketing. And, and that's pretty common and pretty standard. Although I want to answer it in an additional way and say this, um, it's not uh, quantity, it's quality when it comes mm -hmm. to marketing. Um, you can actually spend less and be more effective, or you can spend a ton um, and be effective if you have a good strategy and plan. So it's not the dollars uh, per se, and I don't think it's a fixed percentage. I think there's more to the planning than there is to the spending. Um, I've run into just a ton of doctors who, who do spend a, a significant amount, but if you're not spending it in the right way, it's sort of money down the drain. Whereas if you spend it effectively, you choose carefully, you can actually get away with spending less and still be more effective, if that okay. makes sense. Okay. Well, you're exactly right. They, it's it's um, very common because dentists aren't trained. They're, they're trained to be dentists, and like you said, they're extremely intelligent, intelligent can, can do a wonderful job, but they, they don't take any marketing or uh, you know, business classes. And so it's very difficult for them to, to know what to focus on or what to look for. So let's look at two different scenarios. Let's say you've got a brand new practice that wants to grow, or maybe a, a practice that's uh, you know, several years old, but just is kind of stagnant and struggling to get new patients. What's the difference in how you would approach those two situations? Well, uh, here's what I'll tell you about a brand new practice is they're in a great spot. So if, you know, if you're a dentist and you're just now opening a practice, um, one of the things that I would recommend you pay attention to is branding initially. Um, it's one of those overlooked things uh, that people sort of will, well, I need a logo, I need some business cards, and they don't pull it all together. Um, when you take the time to do a little bit of branding and it's not super expensive to do, you just want to make sure you have a good flow through, through everything, right? You should have a website that matches your business cards, which matches your forms, you know, the whole process and what patients initially see what you're telling them 
is how professional you are. You're, mm-hmm. you're basically saying, hey, we, we are a professional organization. We didn't throw all this together. Right. Um, when you're a brand new practice is the perfect moment to do that. Um, it's easy to set up. It's easy to make that stuff flow. Work with one company <laughs> to do that. <laughs> so Thanks. you get consistency <laughs> across the board. Right. Um, and so I think that's, that's an effective component for a new practice. Now, a new practice, of course, needs uh, patience. Um, and if a, a practice is trying to grow from there, the strategies kind of uh, converge in terms of how do we find new patients? Um, and here's what I'll, I'll tell you that a, a lot of dentists just don't know because this has really changed in dentistry over the last, say, 20 years. Um, if you go back in time, uh, even uh, 10 years ago, uh, only about half the people um, who were searching for a dentist were looking online. Uh, today, that's 82%. Wow. So it's changed dramatically. Uh, so for a dentist, you have to have a digital presence. Um, and this is where things get really convoluted and difficult for most dentists because it's not the way you think it works, right? There's a lot of different components into how do you create that uh, presence in a digital marketplace um, how do you make it consistent? How do you do what's most effective? Because I will tell you that the thing that surprises uh, most of the dentists that I talk to is, hey, um, the strategy you see this large company do isn't going to work for you. Right. Um, it's not going to help you. Um, you're just not going to be effective doing it that way. So we have to, to focus a strategy that works specifically for you at your size and where you're at. Um, and it's sometimes when you start laying out like different ways that they can get from point A to point B, they're surprised at the, the different options that are available, different ways to uh, sort of trend online um, from an SEO standpoint. Certainly. So what do you find most, I mean, just kind of segue here uh, based on what you just shared, what is the most uh, significant thing that dentists are lacking when it comes to promoting their practice? Oh, there's... There's a couple ways to answer that, but here's what I will tell you. One is completely free. Um, so I, I just mentioned 82% of people are looking uh, for their next dentist or their new dentist. They move to town online. Um, the single biggest criteria that those new patients are looking at is review scores. Review scores, right? So your Google review scores um, and then some of the other ones to a lesser degree like Yelp uh, or Facebook, right? So having a good review score is critical if you are a healthcare provider if you're a dental office trying to attract new patients you fall below a certain threshold and you lose people's interest they just see the score and they move on um and they're going to move on to another practice and this is something that most dental offices can actually work on for free it doesn't cost anything uh, which is to pursue a management strategy to actually increase their overall rating and i will tell you that from talking to lots of dentists it is a highly overlooked area yes most have no plan at all Um, the ones who do you can see it because they'll have high numbers of review scores Um, they'll have a high overall review score and they don't realize that this is actually a fairly easy thing to do it just takes a little bit of management a little bit of practice because here's the thing if you're a dentist and you're a good one your patients probably really like you. And if you simply ask them to leave a review for you, many of them will do so. More and more people today know how to do a review. Uh, The vast majority know how to do a review. And if you just ask, some will consider doing that and they'll, they'll put a review in for you. 
So it can be a standard part of your practice where, you know, the, the team up front is asking all of your patients. And the one thing I, I've talked to lots of dentists about is the best person to ask is you. If you ask uh, when you're treating a patient um, at the end of that sort of appointment, take that moment and ask about their experience with your office. Ask, you know, if, if there was anything that you guys could improve on. Um, were they happy overall? And if uh, they're, they're saying, hey, no, I was really, really happy. I like coming here. This is great. Hey, would you consider uh, leaving a review for us? Because it will help other patients like you find us uh, so we can provide them that same sort of treatment. That simple question, just getting in that habit, um, will lead to many, many more reviews and a much higher aggregate score, which leads to more patients. Right. So how can, because we talk with dentists about this all the time and, and uh, you know, well, they, they leave or they can't find uh, the, the link on their phone or yet yeah, how can dentists and, and team members make this easy for patients to um, leave reviews? So the, there's a couple of strategies that uh, you can use. And I've actually seen uh, a few dentists that are really good at this who do, who do both of these. Um, one is uh, you can go online, right? There's a, there are Google instructions that you can Google on how to just create a, a, a simple link for your website mm -hmm. for leaving reviews. And you just put that in a, a prominent place on your website so that it's right there. And you can just let your patients know. Because if you ask for a review, that's the first place they'll look anyway is okay. on your website. Um, if you make it simple and easy, you'll get more reviews. So they right. just click it. It drops them right on your review page. They can plug in their information, leave the review. Um, the other option, and I, I saw a doctor uh, doing this so effectively, they created um, essentially business cards, mm -hmm. but they're review cards that just ha have, has a, a short link for how to get to their uh, review page. And they just give those to each patient um, as they're checking out of the office. So the staff just knows, hey, by the way, if you don't mind, you could leave us a review. We'd really appreciate that. Um, and they hand those out. Um, the doctor that I saw doing that uh, actually has hundreds of reviews and a really okay. high aggregate score. It works over time. It's not an overnight uh, thing. But as you go through uh, that cycle of all your patients coming for their appointments, um, all those folks that uh, are huge fans of yours uh, will get that opportunity and many of them will take it. Okay. I, I, I totally agree. It's got to be easy. And uh, like you said, patients generally, it's not that they don't want to leave a review, but the second they leave your, you know, the dental office, there are all kinds of other things that jump in front of, uh, you know, leaving a review for your dental practice in terms of priority. And so um, I like the idea of a card. In fact, we're working on creating uh, QR code codes for all of our, our clients and uh, cards that they can use. So Great idea. Great idea. Um, what about uh, social media? Uh, we have uh, a lot of dentists who uh, say, I don't understand social media. I don't see how that can impact my practice. Um, they don't want to. Um, it, it just it's whether it's overwhelming or they just have a negative perception of social media. What would you say to uh, to those dentists and how it could affect their practice? So this one's one of the toughest questions to answer because I'll be honest with you, um, as a sales and marketing uh, professional, I am kind of with a lot of dentists who have a <laughs> negative perception yeah. of social yeah. media. Um, I'm not personally a huge fan. Um, here's what I will tell you, though. Um, social media is here. It's part, of, it's part of life. It's part of the marketplace. Um, it can be effective if, again, 
you have a strategy that you are employing that works. Here's what, what I, I will tell you that we have seen so far. Um, social media tends to be most effective, at least for dentists, um, with your internal marketing, right? So if, you, if you're getting patients uh, to become a part of your uh, social media networks, it's a great place if you're running a special or you're doing like a teeth whitening uh, thing or like I have a, a doc who um, uh, does Botox and what he likes to do. Oop, are you still there? I'm here. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, my phone kind of cut out. Um, so I, I have a doc who does Botox and what he does is uh, he schedules a, a, a time with Groupon um, to do Botox treatments uh, twice per month. And so he'll just announce that to his patient base uh, via social media. Hey, if you're interested and you want to stop by, uh, you can schedule a 15 minute slot. I'm doing, you know, Botox, which obviously isn't dentistry, but it's a part of his practice. It's something that he does that is kind of a unique offer um, in our area. And uh, he attracts a lot of business that way. What's great about that is when he sends that out, they share it with their friends and then they come in and that's an opportunity to acquire new dental patients. Uh-huh. So it's a really effective, really uh, intelligent way to think through how to use social media. Um, using social media just to attract new patients is probably a little harder, uh, only because mostly you're reaching people who already know you <laughs> for the most part. And unless you're getting shares or they're really posting something in addition to what you wrote, um, it's not something that tends to be a way to acquire a lot of new patients. Um, but it is, like I said, it's great for internal marketing. And if you tie it to something unique, like a special offer, uh, then it can sometimes lead to, to new patients as well. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, uh, many times it's overlooked the opportunity we have to build relationships or strengthen them. And if, if all a patient ever, uh, the only time they ever think of their dentist is every six months when they go to see them, that they're not going to have it on their mind to talk about them or to, <laughs> to share anything. And so I, I agree. It's just a great opportunity to, to strengthen relationships and stay on the radar of those existing patients. Um, so, yeah, it, it is, it's, uh, especially in today's, uh, you know, climate, just <laughs> politically and everything else. <laughs> Social media is not fun, but like you said, it's here to stay. And, uh, you know, like it or not, people, people are on. They're, they're paying attention. They are. Um, yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this. If someone were to uh, just reach out to, to UJ and, and Open Range um, and, and want to see about uh, you know, incorporating Dental Scout into their practice, what, what kind of results could they expect from, from hiring you guys to promote their practice? What, what does that look like? So good question. So Dental Scout is a, a new platform this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've spent uh, the last many months uh, basically developing uh, what Dental Scout is going to be as a platform. And it's exclusively for private practice. So we don't work with corporate. Um, they have enough advantages. (laughs) So so what we're doing, uh, with dental scout is basically bringing together, um, a specific number of private practices, uh, within uh, a community. So we're launching in Colorado, um, specifically in Colorado Springs, um, and it'll grow from there. So we'll be in Denver, um, probably in January, uh, to start the process up there and we'll grow out from there. But basically what we're doing is bringing together, you know, a select number of specialists uh, who are also private practitioners and then the private practices 
Um, the way that, uh, that basically it becomes effective is we mark it together as a group. So all of the practices um, basically pay a fee. And then uh, we as a company actually manage the marketing efforts for the platform itself. And the way the platform works is it provides um, several things to prospective patients. Uh, it's, it's visible. It moves to the top of Google rankings over time because it answers questions, common questions uh, surrounding dental uh, and basically provides patients with information and then provides them a tool by which they can find the practice that's the right fit for them. Um, we know how people look for uh, a dentist's office. And so we incorporated that into the model, right? So we provide review scores in aggregate um, because we know that's an important criteria. Uh, the second biggest criteria is geography. And so the platform is actually built uh, around asking patients a few basic questions like, where are you looking for a dentist? Close to work, close to home, close to school? Uh, give us a zip code to mm -hmm. start with. And then we ask a couple of other questions of the patients, like what type of dentist are you looking for? A family practitioner, you know, just for yourself. Are you looking for a specialist um, like ortho or you know pediatrics or whatever? And then the final question we ask is just a very basic question about, you know, whether you know insurance is important or not. Accepting insurance, submitting insurance, and so forth. Um, we'll probably develop that a little further over time to get a little more specific. Um, but part of what our thinking is is we kind of want to move away from the notion of insurance is the right way to pick a dentist because it's not right absolutely yes i'm glad you said that <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that i mean there's a, a pretty good argument you could make it's not actually dental insurance isn't really insurance it's just absolutely. a prepaid benefit right it's That's right hey i paid 24 dollars a month uh, at work every paycheck to get a couple of cleanings and you know some basic uh discounts in effect it always reminds me of like you, you remember when you're when you were I'm, I'm going to date myself. Remember when I, we were young and we used to sell those coupon books for school? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yep. you had all the local businesses and you got, you know, $5 off a haircut and you got $10 off this and so forth. Uh, and, and you'd go and sell that to all the people you knew to raise money for a sports team or for That's school. Right. That's sort of the way I think of dental insurance. You sort of pay for it. You get some discounts and then they sort of bang the dentists over the head with, yeah. <laughs> with restrictive uh, uh, fee schedules and so forth. That's right. Um, so I think overall, part of our platform, like I said, is to educate patients. And that's one of the topics um, mm -hmm. that uh, we can help educate people on, which is, hey, the best dentist may not be in your plan, but they probably will still submit for your insurance. So you should still look at them um, and consider going to that practice. If it's uh, most convenient, you like what you see, um, consider using them and then having them just submit for you because uh, right. most doctors will do that. So. Yeah. yeah, that's certainly a, a quagmire. <laughs> You've got to get, get uh, kind of stuck um, in terms of that, that insurance discussion. So I love, love what you said. Well, great, Jay. I uh, appreciate um, you sharing with us today. We're, we're also going to share in the show notes just the, um, the tips that you shared with us at, at Broadmoor on, uh, you know, things that are, are easy that dentists can do for free that, um, help them to, uh, you know, in, increase the, the value of their online presence. And so we appreciate that. And uh, we'll also be sharing your contact information in the show notes. And when you guys uh, expand um, outside of the, the, outside of Colorado, we're, we're going to get you back on <laughs> and talk more <laughs> about that and, and what that may look like. 
Um, but we uh, certainly appreciate you sharing today. Awesome. Well, I appreciate uh, you having me on this morning for sure. And uh, it's a topic that I love to talk about. So thank you. We'd be honored if you would subscribe to the Front Desk Goddess Diaries, rate our podcast, and share it with your friends. From one goddess to another, this is Amy signing off. Thank you.